All right, Brad fans, exciting news after a long, intense negotiation, contract negotiation the, that, that, that ended with uh, no financial compensation for, for the one British Brad. Maybe uh, we landed on a few title changes. So uh, co-founder and co-host, British Brad, Brad is back. It was it was a tough negotiation, my friend, but it's it's glad to, I'm glad to have you back. How are you doing? Hey, what can I say? My lawyer is a ball buster, so um, <laughs> he is he is available for hire. Drop me a line, people, and I can let you know his name. But it's good to be back. I know I know every time we record these things, Flash, we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll be back really soon, and we you know we schedule some dates, and then life and stuff gets in the way. But um, I've been following the show from from a safe distance, you know, not wanting to interfere, you know, creativity probably, probably best. To, to keep yeah, a yeah. safe distance. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, Social distance from the show wherever you possible. You have a career you want to you want to maintain, right? So you know, probably best. Exactly. Um, but it's good to be back. Good to be sat down. This and this is the second attempt. We uh, we got heckled off the show yesterday. That's right. Um, uh, and it kind of back today. Yeah. So Henrik the boy uh, had a bit of a puking spell yesterday, right as we were about to get going, and it required a. Uh, a run to get some uh, some medicine for him, and possibly having to put that medicine in his little butt. Uh, he did not enjoy it. Nobody enjoyed it. Well, but now next we're time here. Flash, can I recommend take it out of the bottle before you try and put it in the rectum? Because oh. that that makes a massive difference. You know, they didn't say that online. Well, they say keep out of reach of children. And I always think at least two inches into the rectum should be far enough out of reach. But... Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we turned on the, the microphones tonight and he hasn't vomited. So I think we can safely conclude that it's not the podcast that's making him sick. There was that concern. I was I was concerned he was allergic to my accent or something like that. And then, you know, my lawyer was going to have to get involved again. And You, know. <laughs> you, you were going to sue my baby? <laughs> well, obviously, he's below the age of uh, corporate responsibility. So I'd have to sue you as parents, obviously. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm presuming unless he's got some sort of trust fund, he's got no access to cash than the sort of cash that I would be looking for in settlement. So that's coming purely from your pocket, my friend. Yeah. So we'll go with just a, a gentle cease and desist order against the child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Hey, he's uh, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll bring him to the UK one of these days and see how he does amongst all of the accents, amongst all of the hooliganism. Uh, that we've all witnessed over the last week or so. Um, we don't have to get into that in detail. Suffice to say, a lot of people over here in Europe are glad the British didn't win the tournament. <laughs> I, for one, am one of these people because I could not stomach the the idea of the brutish uh, English fan who is saying, "Yeah, we left the European Union and now we're and now we won the the Euro tournament, you know?" Like I could just hear it right now. And frankly, I'm shouldn't leaving the the union mean you're out of the European tournament? Like well, you why did you guys that, even get then, an invite? Hey, we also have the Eurovision Song Contest which Israel and Australia are invited to, which 
Last time I checked, they weren't part of the European continent. But you know. yeah, but nobody cares about Eurovision. That's a whole weird show. That's a whole weird show in it in it in and of its own. That is, and we should actually cover that maybe at some point on the show because <laughs> I, I don't I don't know I don't actually know how international it goes. Like in Canada, were you aware of the Eurovision Song Contest? I mean, it was something we always made fun of as one of those like, what are those Europeans doing over there? Uh, and the famous. Uh, world famous Canadian singer Celine Dion, she performed one of the winning songs uh, for Switzerland in like the eighties. Oh, so really? it was always so a weird... actually she's not Canadian at all. She's Swiss. No, she's Canadian. So this is a quirk of Eurovision. It's not the performer; it's the song. It's the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, so hold technically, on. So, like, we can get ringers in, so we can have Michael Bublé sing the United Kingdom entry. Yes. Yes. Why the hell aren't we doing that? It's a good. It's a good question. It's a good question. A lot of I good questions. A no lot of good questions floating around after Brexit, right? Uh, yeah. So that's a quirk of Eurovision. But anyway, let's let's uh, let's dive into the meat of this because, like we've we've kind of teased, Henrik was sick, um, and he he had some vaccines yesterday, which may or may not have contributed to his um, feeling a little unwell. Uh, and that's where we're going to start today. So let's uh, let's start the conversation. The two Brad for you, Brad is back uh, episode. Let's get into it. Let's do this. So I think it's fair to you would probably start right off the bat with uh, we've both received one dose of vaccine. So we were both pro-vaccine. Not the not the uh, the flashes in the Henricks. No, the uh, yeah, we are a pro-vaccine podcast. I think it's uh, we shouldn't have to say it. <laughs> we shouldn't have to say we are for uh, one of the greatest life-saving technologies uh, of our species. Of you would ever. hope the listeners know us by now. Yeah, if if anti-vaxxers have stumbled across this podcast. Yeah, and want us as the poster boys. They are going to be sadly disappointed, right? Unless they pay really well, then I would. Consider... Well, then obviously, yeah. yeah. As we, you know, <laughs> then you can suck that one dose of vaccine out of me, and I will spit on it. Exactly, exactly. Um, but no, I. So we've we've both received one dose. What did you get? Which one did you end up getting? I got the uh, Oxford AstraZeneca. Yeah, me too. Uh, you got it because it was a UK vaccine. I got it because nobody else in Europe wanted it. <laughs> Hey, but their loss is your gain. Yeah, and so let me ask you this: Did you get uh, did you get sick from the vaccine? Yes, I did. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Knocked me on my ass for like a good uh, forty eight hours, I'd say. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So and I know. hear and I hear the second dose is even worse. So right. so really looking forward to that. Um, and in the interim. The UK, the cases are going up. The UK has one of the biggest, uh, one of the best vaccine coverages to date, though, too, right? Um, I think you're up yeah, to 60 or 70 people with at least uh, one dose and then maybe pushing 50% with two doses. Something yeah, like the numbers, this. These the are... numbers I saw yesterday were, um, I think, 35 million people with one dose and 45 million with two, and I think the population of the UK is around about 66, and that includes yeah. the under 18s that were not vaccinating. So, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the vaccine rollout has 
this our government here haven't done a lot of things well. They have managed the rollout of the vaccine right. well from that point of view. And in my home country of Canada, they are crushing it. They have uh, one of the best uh, in terms of like if you look at G7 countries, G20 countries, OE, OECD countries, it's like in a lot of the metrics, Canada is number one um, in terms of yeah, vaccine coverage. And the, was that always the case though? Did they start slow? Started slow, yeah. Right, it, okay. was, uh, it was it uh, was problems, but I mean, it's it was very predictable. There was a lot of people, you know, screaming about, oh my God, the you know, especially the opposition to the government was like, the government screwed this up. They, you know, they really, you know, shit the bed on this one. Now we're we're not going to have any vaccines. And meanwhile, Is that an side effect. What's that? Shit in the bed. Side effect. Yeah. 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 Of COVID. Okay. Yeah. I'd, not the okay. vaccine. <laughs> just of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. And uh, but the experts and the government were saying, like, look at like it. There's a supply chain problems all over the world. Everybody wants this vaccine. We've bought so much of it that just you wait by summertime, like everyone's going to have us. We're going to have shots for you, shots for you, shots, 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 shots. Who wants shots? And that's what happened. So, uh, yeah, they, you know, it's, I think basically everyone in my age group I know has had their second shot. Um, whereas I won't get mine till the end of August. Uh, yeah, the coverage is really good. So good news on that front. But the, 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 the reason I wanted to talk about this, um, was, I mean, the vaccine hesitancy is still there, right? In our country, uh, in the UK, you know, and, and maybe people know people who are, you know, sort of hesitant um, to, to get the vaccine. And I think we've focused a lot on, you know, the anti-vax uh, crowd or people who are saying, you know, like, well, it's just not safe, like it hasn't. And all of those things are objectively like false, like you can you can look at the data and, and say, you know, like your risk of no matter which way you slice it, your risk from a vaccine versus getting the disease is way, way lower. So it's yeah. safer to get the vaccine. Um, but I mean, those arguments, those people, they're not really they're not listening to that anyway, right? Like a lot of in that in those fringe sort of communities, anti-vax communities, they've already made up their mind. I'm interested because I'm seeing um, an argument or a, a point of view that's saying, well, why are we why are we rushing to get all these vaccines? Why do I need to rush to get this vaccine when they're just going to move the goalposts, basically, in a nutshell, is, an, is, a, is a point of view that I'm saying. And, it, and it, the example was the UK. So the UK has this great vaccine rollout. Um, everything's supposed to be fine and dandy. Uh, and then you get the variant, uh, the Delta variant, and the government decides to, we were going to get rid of all restrictions in, what was it, beginning of July or June, and then they push it to middle of July. Um, and so this is a, is a, is a, a, confirming point uh, data point for people who are saying well why are we getting they're just going to move they're just going to change it it's just going to be changed like yeah we're going there's always going to be another variant there's always going to be something else so why am i rushing to get this thing uh when 
you know, it's just going to, it's not going to do anything. Or it's a very um, short-sighted plan. Like we just, oh, quick, va vaccinate as quick we can. But there's no sort of long-term strategy in terms of uh, what to do with mutations, variants, and that kind of thing. Yeah, and now and that I, is I think... flawed. That logic is flawed. Yeah, I think when we when we were discussing this a little bit yesterday as well, similar to you, I you know, there is the anti-vax movement out there that doesn't matter if it's the vaccine for COVID or polio, you know, they're against vaccines. Yeah. You know, you, you can be in that group or not. The, the choice is yours. I think with COVID, what, what I've seen here with the people that have held back from getting vaccinated yet, and I've not met anyone strong anti-vaxxer i'm definitely not getting the covid vaccine it's yeah. been they've 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 held back and the and part of the reason has been well actually am i going to need you know rather than just two doses am i going to need a third dose in a year's time because there's some super variant around and and actually i might as well wait until i get the vaccine for that i think what's happened though is people people have just grown used to social distancing wearing masks washing mm -hmm. hair you know all these effects that actually now they're so conditioned into that that they you know they've got their own little bubble they're sheltered from life sheltered from exposure to the virus from that point of view so people are thinking well actually why do i need to get the vaccine if everyone else is around me getting the vaccine that's going to give me some protection actually i'll just wait mm -hmm. um which you know maybe that's the right thing to do you know who am i to judge other than the fact of you know i've had one dose and you know for the for the sake of science uh, and for this show i've also had the experience the last 10 days of having covid um so you might hear my voice is a little different because of that um i don't recommend it i've got to be honest <laughs> i've tried it um i in no way endorse Not for it for me i won't be seeking covid sponsorship for the show um I'm done with it. So, and I've had one dose of the vaccine. You know, I, you know, I, I know people that caught the, the virus early last year before we even had a vaccine. Mm -hmm. um, some had it pretty rough. Some had it quite light. Um, I think in the grand scheme of things, I've had it reasonably light, although it kicked the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, you know, when I when I speak to people, and I've spoken to a few people the last ten days since um, I sort of tested positive. When they've mentioned, oh, I've not had the vaccine yet, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but trust me, you know, you do, I, I've been pretty rough and I've had one dose of vaccine, which is, you know, minimise some of the symptoms. I wouldn't want this unvaccinated. Yeah. Well, <coughs> and then, and, I, mean, I guess cough this is... Cough on cue there, just to you yeah. know, ham it up to the listeners a little bit. This is, yeah, we had the cough sign in the background. Now, now, do it now. Get it. Um the i mean i guess there's a, two, a couple different points or a couple different ways to go with this because i mean i finished my little rant with that the logic is flawed and yeah you can't tell people how to live their life but and you can say yeah if you want to live in your bubble uh and make that calculation that you know or if you want to make the calculation the risk calculation which would i don't think would be the right way like because if you look at the numbers the risk is still way higher uh, for COVID then versus a, you know, a, a, a minute small chance of getting, you know, a, a strong vaccine side effect. Um, you know, you're, I'm a young, you know, healthy person, chances that COVID's going to kill me or whatever are, are low. And it's true. They're lower, 
than other age groups and other demographics. Still, like you said, not as low as if you have a vaccine. Um, but uh, that negates the whole herd immunity thing. It negates the whole. So if you're, this is why I say the, the logic is flawed, because if you're saying, well, A, you know, they're just going to change the goalposts. There's no long-term strategy. Or I'm just going to wait till we have a vaccine for the next variant that, you know, is this, or I'm just going to wait and see how it plays out. Maybe if everyone else gets vaccinated, I won't need to, that kind of thing. In making that choice, you are making the, the, the outcome that you're hoping for less and less likely, you know, and, and that's yeah. the thing that I don't understand or that they, I'm assuming don't understand. And this is where I would bring in that. So what is, has the messaging around the vaccines and stuff been flawed because when i heard the, this argument i right away was like well that you know if if people if a large enough number of people make the decision that that the that these folks are making these hesitant folks are making then there's more people who can get the virus there's more people who will get sick and force uh some kind of action to protect the hospitals uh, whether it's lockdown, whatever, closing public, canceling events, these kind of things, uh, you'll have more of a chance to for variants to mutate because they're ripping through populations of unvaccinated people. Um, and so all of those things that you're hoping for, like, well, maybe I won't need to, maybe it'll, like, it'll be fine or whatever. It's all, like I said, it's all a higher probability because less people are vaccinated. So I understood that. I understood that and I understood that, you know, when governments change, you know, make the change of like, well, we said we were going to open up here, but now in in the face of this new variant, we've and new data, we're we're making a, a decision to, to delay it or whatever. And to me, that was always going to be the case. Like we were always going to see that. Whereas I'm seeing, you know, but like the people I follow on Twitter are, you know, virologists and epidemiologists, you know, and I'm reading the, 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 the data, the, the primary literature and stuff like that. Like I'm in that world. Whereas this is my question is, so what is the problem? You know, is there a problem with the larger sort of public message about vaccines? Because for sure, I understand that governments, public health people, all of that, the message has been, hey, everybody get vaccinated. Like if we get vaccinated, we can get through this, which is true. But it leaves out the nuance of like, it's still going to take some time. Uh, yeah, and I think, and I know we've touched on this on, on various topics, not just on, on COVID, but some of the issues around this is when this global pandemic started, within a couple of weeks, suddenly everyone you speak to becomes an expert because they've all, you know, they've all tapped into whichever news cycle they're using or their yeah. media outlets, whatever. They've done a little bit of reading. They put their own little spin on it, as, as we do. That's human human nature <clears throat> and for a little while you were allowed to go down the pub and talk about it until that you know pubs were shut and lockdown kicked in and then you kind of get ingrained in well this is what I'm going to deal with it so you know as you said there's that group of people out there of well I'm not going to get vaccinated I'm going to wait and see is it safe or actually do I need to if everyone else is doing it and as I've sort of touched on there is that bubble of well actually I don't you know actually COVID isn't impacting my life that much now i've kind of got used to social distancing and wearing yeah. a mask and so i'll just keep doing that i think like here in the uk monday is you know 
it's being the 19th of July is being nicknamed Freedom Day. That's when COVID restrictions totally end. Yeah. So you don't have to wear a mask. There's no limits on numbers. Social distancing is no longer a thing. That makes me nervous because very much everyone is saying, well, we've got a vaccine for it now. It's fine. Our case numbers are rising exponentially. I, I think we're at 42, 43,000 cases, new cases a day. That's now. a lot. Uh, yeah, they're predicting within the next month we'll be almost at 100,000 cases a day. And But the trouble is, a lot of people are saying, well, that's okay, I've had two vaccines, or I've had a vaccine. Um, well, no, that's not okay. It's, you know, case in point, I've had one dose of vaccine, I had COVID, it was horrific. You know, these people that have had the vaccine, yes, there are some of them that just won't get sick. You know, they'll they'll still be able to catch the virus, the vaccine will do its job along with your immune system. But those case numbers are, are going to go up. and But the path that the UK government has taken is we've got to open up at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, the vast majority of our of our population will be double vaccinated. Let's let's go for it. I'm sure they've done sort of modelling data to see. And, you know, you have to hope that, you know, people in power in our government aren't just crazy and going, well, like it, let's, <laughs> let's have some sort of experiment on the ground population level. But it does feel have a little seen- bit... Boris Johnson? <laughs> well, that's true. It, it does feel a little bit as if we are going to be an experiment for the rest of the world. And I, and I know in the US, when I've spoken to colleagues and friends there, you know, they haven't locked down as much as the rest of Europe yeah. has. You know, they, they've played on. So actually, when I speak to them, I, I partially think, actually, okay, maybe we are okay, you know. But... I'm nervous because, yeah. you know, there's this whole debate now around, well, should masks, you know, if I'm a shopkeeper, can I insist that you wear a mask into my shop? Yeah. Well, to a degree I can, but to a degree I can't enforce it. There's, yeah. I, I've got no legal basis now to enforce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I, I'm nervous for the future of the UK. This could be the last podcast I get to do, Flash, because we could all be wiped out. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I personally... And again, having followed the data somewhat closely and stuff like that, I think it will be fine. I think the UK will be fine. As far as I know, um, my last glance at it, uh, the case numbers, your break, the vaccines are breaking the link between case numbers and hospitalizations and deaths. Yeah, so, hospitalization and deaths have stayed fairly, yes. they have gone up, but they've leveled yes. significantly. And that's the thing. That's... That's what the vaccines will provide us, uh, and that's the way out. So um, I'm, I'm definitely not on the side of, you know, keep everything closed until until this is like 100% licked, because it's not yeah. it's not 100% lickable, if I can say that. Uh, it's uh, Yeah, there has to be a degree of living, and I hate this term of, well, we, we have to find a way to live with it, because... Yeah, we had to find a way to live with polio. We had to find a way to live with smallpox. Yeah, I get it. There are some in society that can't be vaccinated, that are immunocompromised, that have underlying conditions. That actually, COVID is fucking scary for those yes. those people. Um, and the fact that we're opening up and just going for it, shit. But I, I I also get it. You know, the economy has to go on, and we have to. We can't keep everyone locked away for the rest of our lives because of the impact on mental health and. Yeah, and things like that. So, how do we strike that balance? I think the issue that we're seeing here is that they're saying 
you know, so the way it worked for me is I, I got my notification that I tested positive and then contacted by the government test and trace system to give names and details of people I've been in close contact with and then they're told to self-isolate. And that's the way that the UK government are starting to steer now of it's this self-isolation mm-hmm. um, test and trace piece. That's fine. What they've already said is, like I think yesterday, they had half a million people told to self-isolate through the test and trace app that we have. And that's when we've got 42,000 cases. Well, if you know, if, if we do those maths up yeah. and we're saying that we're going to have 10 times the number of new cases um, in a, you know, within a month or two months, then we're going to have a large, large number of the population back to self-isolating and small business, well, businesses can't cope with that, you know? Yeah. So this is the thing. It's like, you know, and again, it comes to this, you know, there's people that say that are saying like, well, you know, we were told that vaccines were going to be the way out. Uh, and now you're saying they're not. And it's like, and maybe that's my problem is like, maybe the, with the messaging is, but I understand again, where governments it, are coming from, where they're like, yeah, the message has to be initially just everybody get vaccinated. But it's like, I don't know, part of me is frustrated with the messaging, but part of me is frustrated with other people in that, you know, you can't, you know, there's not this like, so we all know what vaccines do like we like it's it's not one of those subjects like you know black hole physics you know like people like you understand it we've all grown up with it like this idea of it so it's not this like thing that should be this hard to grasp in that it's like yes they're telling you to get vaccinated because that is the safest thing you can do in the face of infectious diseases so this idea of well we got to live we got to the the vaccines aren't the solution we just have to learn to live with it it's like well learning to live with it yeah using that phrase that you hate and i understand like it's, it does sound terrible but living with it becomes infinitely easier if exactly. people and, are vaccinated and it's the messaging you, for me it's the messaging and i and i get yeah you have to give a soundbite to people don't you so it was the vaccine is the way out of this yeah. and you know, it is without the vaccine, we'd all still be back in lockdown every It'd be time there's way a, worse. Oh, exactly. I think the problem is people have gone, okay, well, you've told us the vaccine's the way out of this. We've all had the vaccine, so we're out of this. And it's like, well, there's, there's a there's a degree of how we come out of this, and now we have to live with this. And as you said, you know, we've had the vaccine, so the fact is, most of us can live with this now. You know, yeah. without having to go to hospital and you know and things like that. But it's yeah how do you how do we improve communication in future to manage manage expectations almost yeah because... manage expectations give a clearer roadmap of how this is going to work you know because it's like i've heard the analogy in my home province uh they went from their like opening plan was you know it's like three steps and it was like you yeah like my numbers are not exact but you know let's say oh yeah you groups of 10 can meet okay yeah yeah all that those shops are starting to open oh now you can have events with like 100 people you know two weeks later great 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 and then two weeks after that everything's gone and we're hosting the calgary stampede which is a 100,000 person festival with international guests you know like and it's like well shouldn't there be a step in between there shouldn't we have a little (laughs) step in between you know maybe not from like you know 100 to 100,000 right away 
And and that's the thing is that like that's the me- the analogy that I heard in people talking about this is like it's probably going to be okay because they we have a great vaccine coverage and the the federal restrictions on flying into the country are still so strict that like the newcomers with new variants are, are right. less likely. So Canada's actually got a nice little bubble I think going on where they're getting as many people as they can vaccinated before they open those borders, which would is a smart thing to do. Um, but anyway, the analogy was driving down a, a road, uh, like a sort of mountain road, windy road, fast, you know. And it's like, yeah, you'd probably be okay. You, you can probably manage it. You know, you can get through all the bumps and stuff like that. And it's kind of fun. Hey, why not? You know, like, hey, going for a little rip there, bud. But... Uh, it's not great. But there's more, yeah, and, there's, there's more chance yeah, of and, cock up. And yeah. the chance when things do go off the rails is horrific, you know? Yeah. And so, like, if that was kind of the messaging where it's like, look it, let's, we have to ease out of this, you know? And the, we need to get to this threshold of vaccines before we can, you know, open up the borders or open up this or open that. Like, if the incentives were tied to sort of these vaccine numbers, which in a lot of places they were, you know, reopening plans were like, once we get to this level of, a lot of them have been about cases. Well, if cases drop this low, then we open up. But it's like that needs to switch and the messaging needs to switch to like, if we all pull together and do this, because vaccines, it's a collective action problem that doesn't work, you know, it's not an individual thing. And that's, again, those people making the individual calculation of I don't need it, so I'm not going to get it. You're missing the point. It's a collective action thing. You need to build that wall. We all have to kind of be on board with this. So for their messaging is if we can all get to this threshold and, you know, who knows, the data may change. The variants may come into place and, you know, that threshold may not be enough at some point. But if we can get to there, then we can start to safely sort of open up. But I don't know. And so I wonder if it's like, if the message, like, because I understood that. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you understood that. Uh, other people I spoke to understood that. So it's not like that messaging was absent. But it's like, no, so it wasn't the, the main is... message. So I wonder, is like, is it the messaging or is it that people don't want to hear it? People want to hear, I'm done with this. We need to get out. We need to move on, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I, I think you and I are very easy to... Not judge is the wrong phrase, but you know we've talked about you know modern media and the way they phrase things. The trouble is, you and I are in our little bubble. In the, the people that we surround ourselves are probably more scientific, yeah, or exactly. because of that. So our demographic is probably slightly slightly skewed. But I, but I think the last point you made there is actually quite a good. One of did we want to believe it or not? You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a large group of people out there that have got you know have had a fucking horrendous time the last year or 18 months so actually you kind of want to cling on to any sort of hope and the hope is the vaccine is going to be the savior you know we can go on holidays again life will go back to normal and i think now we're having that realization of you know life isn't going to fully go back to normal despite what the government say here on monday when freedom day kicks in and all bets are off and we can go about our normal lives and covid just disappears overnight i think people are starting to realize actually that's not the case now and we can we can gaily abandon and skip down the road and cough and sneeze over people yeah but that's not the done thing any more you know life has changed 
Yeah. And we have, we have new, to accept that, unfortunately. A new disease that is now in the pantheon of diseases and will remain so. Like, it's not going yeah. anywhere. Um, yeah. The odd thing, too, that I'll just say is, like, because we've kind of belabored this probably for a while now. But the other thing I'll say, just because you were saying, you know, a lot of people... <laughs> Uh, don't want to hear the message and it's because they've had a really horrendous time or whatever. I don't discount that a lot of people have had a really shitty time uh, this last year, um, you know, but some of the people that I see, whether it's social media, whatever, acquaintance, whatever it is, you know, the people that I see that are hesitant on the vaccine or, or, what, or outright refusing to get it are also people that were fine. You know, they're not immune compromised. They're not in essential jobs where they're being thrown to the wolves every day as a yeah. as a grocery store cashier or some poor security guy that's got to enforce masks or, you know, limits on the grocery store and getting cussed out by people. You know, not those people. Yeah, it's the people that can work from home or are retired. Yeah. It's a lot of people that are older that are retired. And, you know, their biggest complaint over this whole thing was they didn't get to do the things they like to do, you know. So I don't know. I don't have a lot of sympathy for that. But that's just me being a bit of an asshole. <laughs> no change there. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I thought that would be a, a, a way to kind of ease us back into the podcast flow, but you didn't have to remember numbers. I put you on the spot there a little bit with the UK data, but you did well. You, I saw you I, glancing you know, I at what attention. I think was a phone there. So it was either, uh, you know, butt pictures on Instagram or the numbers you were looking up. Either way, you did great. Yeah, and, and actually, no, it, it was neither the butt, <clears throat> excuse me, it was neither the, the butt numbers or the, um, the butt numbers, butt pictures or the, or the numbers. Because um, oddly enough, as I've been in self-isolation for 10 days, I've had bugger all else to do other than just look at the news channels and <laughs> countless feeds. So That's probably not kind good of for like, your mental health. <laughs> probably not, but very good for pub quizzes this week. Mm -hmm. I feel as if I could knock a current affairs quiz out of the park. Um, but yeah, something, if we're, we're going to you know move away from COVID and, and happier times um, this week... Um, a group of people became astronauts. Current affairs. Um, you want to talk current affairs? This is breaking. Yeah, let's talk a little bit of current affairs. So uh, Virgin Galactic. Mm -hmm. um, so Sir Richard Branson's dream of um, space flight for the masses, as long as those masses have around about a quarter million dollars each yeah. to pay their fare, of course. Um, We're still talking became, about the privileged here. <laughs> became a reality. And I, I think I've got two sides of this. I've got the excited little boy of... You know, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, we've we've reached a point where, you know, we can now put eight people into a spaceship and send them up and they can normal people can go into space. That's that's fairly incredible. So I've got that schoolboy science side mm -hmm. of me tempered with the people are dying on Earth. We can't fix simple things yet. If you've got a couple million dollars, you can blast off yeah. and, and become a space tourist it's it's a bit of a, a balance and and I think you made a good point when we were talking about this before of is there anything good going to come out of you know like the space race and racing to the moon and discovering the space shuttle and things like that from that technologies have come that are now in everyday life mm -hmm. that are changing the way that we work or will work is the same true of 
you know, Virgin Galactic, and I don't know, Jeff Bezos has got his own version. It's Blue Horizon week. or something? Blue Horizon, yeah. or Blue Ocean or something. Yeah. Um, his, you know, very phallic rockets that he's built there. Right. Is there is there anything similar going to come out of that? And then we look at that and we temper that with the SpaceX program where we've got reusable rockets and things where actually you can see, well, actually, that's probably greener because we're using the same rocket as opposed to it burning up on impact, yeah. um, on re-entry every time. But it's kind of amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, as, yeah, I was, I'm not as jazzed on the space stuff as as others are i don't know it's just not you know it's cool but you know until they can like go to you know, i'm interested when they go to mars go to the moon but just like some guy in his toy rocket getting to like sub orbit you know like that doesn't do it for me doesn't you know doesn't get my blood going i'll say that much um I was speaking with. Uh, See, you, 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 we're going to have to coin a few suborbits. It's a bit like a flat Earth. Oh, you're a suborbiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've not done a full orbit. Yeah, yeah. Suborbit. I get half orbit. That's that's all it does for me. <laughs> um, I was speaking with a, one of my cousins uh, this weekend, and he works in the space industry, putting satellites up into into space. Um, great guy, and. He pointed. He pointed out to me this this very thing. He because we were watching the news and it was the Virgin Galactic was going up, and he was just like, "What have they done, really?" Like he said, SpaceX for sure changed the game with reusable booster technology. That changed the game and made the you know the commercial space flight to the space station, or if we put something on the moon or whatever, they have that. That's now a thing that they can do with the reusable rockets. That was a leap in technology. He said the other guys, um, Bezos and, and Branson, what have they done for us? Nothing. It's like they're just, it's just them wanting to go to space. And so he was just like, cool, you know? And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then I saw, uh, I took to Twitter and saw the pessimistic side of everything. And I try not to be, I'm actually quite an optimist, but I, I hope that comes across. I've, I've sound like a bit of a curmudgeon in the last, you know, probably 30, 40 minutes of this podcast. But uh, and there was a lot of curmudgeony articles about this uh, on Twitter and whatnot, where it's wow, where, you know, the greenhouse gases, you know, these guys are ruining the planet just for their billionaire dream of like going to space and stuff. And it's like, I get it. Yeah. I mean, unless you're going to offer some kind of like real benefit, you in your little, you know, billion dollar project that basically you and like, like you said, if you got a quarter, quarter a million dollars, you can, you can go up too. I, I'm not, I don't care. I think it's a waste. Um, now we could say, yeah, like what would be the technology that comes out of it? Maybe. The only thing I can think of with the Branson rocket, because he's still using boosters to get up to that thing, that height, and then they drop that craft and it kind of cruises through it's the... Glides. Yeah. It's a glider, effectively. It's a, it's a glider, yeah. <clears throat> um, is that going to lead to like better commercial flights? 
you know, like the Concorde, like, you know, four hours across the ocean, you know, that kind of thing, like, is, will it create a market for that? And is that a better way to fly than what we're doing? Like, is it greener? Is it cheaper? Is it, you know, all of those things? Um, I don't know. If it does, then yeah. yeah. But if it's purely for space tourism, you know, go kick sand. I got, I don't, I don't get it. And Bezos, I mean, nobody even really knows what he's doing. He's got a rocket and he's put himself up in there and he's going to go up. But like, other than that, like, what is he doing? Nobody knows. Like, they don't announce their launches, really. There's no real media around what he's doing. People I've talked to that like work in space journalism are like, nobody knows what the fuck he's doing. There's no access. I, I can There's only no... assume it's part of the Amazon delivery network. I don't know, you man. Know, that guy, if there's... Prime day, you get your, you know, your parcel gets delivered by rocket. That's what I'm going to imagine at some point in the very near future. But even that doesn't make sense. What would you do? So you'd rocket them up into space and then, like, shoot them out so they all drop down onto the Earth? Yeah, but... <clears throat> so I've got so... Amazon Prime, and I get really annoyed when I order something and it says I can't have it the next day. When it says, oh, sorry, you've ordered this on Monday, it's not going to be with you until the weekend. For fuck's sake, I'm paying £7 a month for this privilege. And okay, I get the TV with the free channels and stuff as well. But, you know, I paid for this privilege. So maybe it will be, well, actually, that's in our warehouse in China. That's why we can't get it to you for a week. Well, now you've got a freaking rocket. So stick it on the rocket. Blast over here. So that's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing it'll be the next extension to Amazon Prime. Everything will be available delivery next day. That's that's what I'm going to guess. Yeah, I don't even think it's I don't even think he cares about that. I don't even think he cares about, you know, he clearly doesn't care about his employees because they're treated like garbage. Uh, well, they should join a union. Yeah, they should. They probably should. Yeah. <laughs> um, if there's one of those guys that that will turn out to be the megalomaniac, you know, weird villain type guy, it's him. It's not going to be Musk. Not Elon no, Musk. No, because he's actually doing something. Musk is actually doing something. He's actually like he's providing like love him or hate him. And I don't really have strong opinions on the guy personally. I think he's kind of a tool a lot of times when you hear him talk. But reusable booster technology was an advance. What they're doing with Tesla, maybe it's not the best electric car maybe it's not going to take off and be the electric car of the future but hey, it makes a fart sound when you sit in it that's got to be hilarious you know. i'm on board with that yeah i am you put a fart joke in i'm in <laughs> any day of the week you know my son farts like eight times a day and i laugh every single time um usually you're trying to get a tablet up his back that's right but you know um but the what they're doing with the autonomous driving like you can see that there's actual value to what they're doing, whether it works or not or whatever, or whether he's in it for profit or the good of the human race or whatever. Like, I don't care. But you can see where the technology they're put. They're trying to do something with the technology. Amazon doesn't really provide value except for consumerism, you know, and his rocket, I don't think is going to do anything other than it's his pet project. And the guy, like I said, the secrecy. And the sort of narcissism that comes across when he speaks. And I will say, I saw one clip of a presentation that he was doing where he was talking about eventually building like habitats for people in space 
that like rotate, you know, to like simulate gravity and there'll be plants and stuff growing inside like space odyssey, you know, like these human space, like cities, right? Fine. Cool. Right. You know, I don't trust you at all. It's just, he's trying to get the, he's going to enslave what, the population. If, We're all going to become dependent on oxygen payment. or Amazon oxygen. You know, it's like total recall on Mars, you know, with the, with the oxygen costs, <laughs> like you're going to have to pay for your oxygen. Oh, you want oxygen prime? Well, you want a little bit more uh, nitrogen in there or life saving. <laughs> well, that, and that's it. And then, and then what happens when your payment doesn't go right. through do you get cut off yeah. so, so sorry you got to get kicked out well hold on well it's just the bank screwed up i don't care yeah. there you go but okay but to play Fuck that guy <laughs> to play to play devil's advocate a little bit here aren't we a species of people that push the boundaries for various reasons a because we want better for us or for our family or our friends or for the population but also, don't we just do stuff for the hell of it because we're fun? You know, hundred percent. Surely, surely you, you know, you're Canadian. You're out in the woods all the time. That's what you Canadians do. You, you know, when you were a kid, you went out to the woods. You tied a rope round a tree, and probably tied a tire to the bottom of it, and swung out across the creek and the river, and let go, and went into the river. Now you weren't doing that because you were trying to feed your family and dive off with a tire into the river and grab a salmon and chuck it on the barbecue and feed the family. You did it because it was fun. Mm -hmm. And aren't they just doing that? Aren't aren't Branson's and Bezos going, Hey, do you know what? We've we've done that. We've tied the rope around the tree and we swung it into the, the river and that was great fun. But now fuck it, we've got a lot of money and the next the next step up from that is here's a rocket and we can take you to space. Well again, so again, the point. The kid But the, the point kid, is it's fun. The, yeah, right. Why not do it? So fine. If it's just fun, it's fun. But you're destroying the planet for your fun. Uh, you you know, and the, you destroyed that tree. I did not. The tree is fine. I was also ten years old, not a grown ass man with a billion dollars who could do a lot of great things. You know, and yeah, but if you were a, if you were a ten year old with a billion dollars, you'd have built a rocket. You'd have fucked off to space. It's just that you didn't have a billion dollars. Yeah, that was the, it's that true. Was the issue. It's true. And you know what? And I don't want to be the guy that says like, oh, because you're rich, you're obligated to do something good for humanity or whatever. It would be great, but it's not your obligation. You're absolutely right. You, they are free to spend their money as they please. My point is, I don't give a shit because it's not really doing anything. It's just, why are we covering it? Why does the media care if billionaire, you know, Joe over here gets his toy? Is that a news story? No. It's not. It's not a news story when I tie a rope around a tree and swing on it. It's not a news story when he does a billion-dollar version of that. Unless there's something going on, like it, like I said, unless there's some value added, what are we, why are we, you know, we're just fascinated with these people because they can do it. And I get your point of the, the human species does things like exploration, you know, like the first guy to get in a boat and say, fuck it, I'm going across that body of water. I have no idea what's on the other side that's inspiring that's cool i understand that that's part of our human species like i am fully on board with that drive to go to other planets to to see space like if that's the goal is to go out there and like get out there great but i don't see that from branson and, and bezos all i see is me want me want to go to space <laughs> eh, get me there somebody get me there you know like it's no nah. 
Yeah, and I, as I said, I don't disagree with you. I just think the little the little boy in me is like, it's cool. They're going to space. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, people have been going to space for since the sixties. They're not doing anything new. That's true, but they've opened. <clears throat> excuse me. They they've opened it up. I mean, not to the masses, obviously, because last time I checked, I didn't have a couple of million dollars down the, the back of my couch or sofa. Um, but it's pretty cool. And I, and I think, you know, then let me set one thing straight. They're no Mad Mike Hughes. They've not built their own rocket that's steam-powered and they're not firing that off the back of an old camper van. You know, they've invested billions into this. And as they're much doing as it in, I'm... You know, carbon fires fiber spacecraft that's that's one that's one way to do it yeah. the other way is to make your own out of a caravan and some pallets and bang it together and see how far you get but you as know. much as i've uh talked shit about mad mike in the past uh i'll say i got more respect for him than 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 basil's or branson that's for sure well anyway but that i will say you know to brad for you the show is willing you know, we, we shouldn't judge without trying, Flash. So, Branson, Bezos, if you're out there and you're thinking, hey, these are two regular brats, you know, they could they could be good poster boys for us, then drop me a line. You know, I'm, I'm willing to give it a go. I, I've only had one vaccine, so if you need to be double-jabbed, then you're going to have to wait, a, mm-hmm. you know, at least a month. But I do have a lot of antibodies in my system, so actually you're probably fairly safe for the next six months or yeah. so. Uh, I could be your guy. Sure, change my mind. You know, see, that's what I like about you, Flash. You're willing to open your mind to new horizons, <laughs> space perspectives, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to sponsor the show? I'll talk great things about your little dick shaped rocket there, Bezos. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> why not? I'm a shill, everybody knows that now. Um, all right, let's move it on. One final thing. And this will be a little bit more in the vein of what we what we normally do, a uh, little science story, specific science story, a little specific research. But I'm going to put it into the same category of, you know, shit we probably don't need, like billionaires going to space. And that is a recent preprint was uh, that was published online that purports to show a method to get male mice pregnant. And right there is something we don't really need. Because you know what? We already have a way to get mice pregnant. <laughs> it's It works really well. It's worked for ages. The good old-fashioned way. Call me a traditionalist. But this is an interesting story. My lovely wife, Teresa, uh, sent it over to me. Um, and there's a, there's a number of implications on here. There's a number of uh, uh, angles to it. One being the scientific community being like, we don't need this. Uh, and the other being there was some social um, aspects that came into it where the authors had to specifically uh, make a statement saying this isn't about allowing men to have babies like that's not where we're going with this that's the what's that's not the goal that's not the point there's no need for that that's not what this is about and when you hear the method that they used uh to get these men pregnant we'll say because they're not really did it involve barry white music and a lot of red wine yeah basically yeah 
basically. Okay. We don't even know because like, no one could really remember what happened. They just sort of woke up and were like, what? Oh, I'm pregnant. Something feels weird. We've all been there, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, when you do hear what, the, what, the, what was actually done, it does not sound like a viable way to, 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 to make people, men pregnant. Uh, and I'm surprised that anybody online, no matter what level of sort of social justice activism they want to get to, to allow men to have babies, uh, it doesn't sound like a good, it doesn't sound like a good option. And what they did was there's a technique called para, parabiosis, I believe is what it's called. And it's an old technique been around uh, since like the 1800s, early 1900s, when surgery was really first starting to take off. Um, I think we've talked about it on the show before with my friend Jared, when we were talking about blood, young blood, old blood, will it make you younger, you know? Um, and it's a really kind of horrific thing when you see it, but it's to sew two animals together. So, so you take two rats, mice, whatever, you sew them together so that their circulatory systems are now one. They're sharing blood. It's going freely between the two bodies, right? So they do this, they first do that, and then they transplant a uterus into the male. Sorry, let me back this up. You, you sew together a female and a male rat. Okay. So that's parabiosis, is sewing two animals together. That is extreme bondage. Oh, well, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've all seen human centipede, right? In this version, you do it back to back, not ass to mouth. Um, okay. So you do that female male sewn together, you implant a uterus into the male. So it now has a uterus in it, like you just find space for it, I guess you just put it in there somewhere. Uh, it's sharing blood with the female. And then they impregnated both artificially. So embryos implant the embryos into the uterus uh, and let them gestate. And they let these pairs, I think they did it to 46 pairs uh, of rats. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and guess where they did it? Guessing somewhere where ethics and welfare board is probably not as stringent. Oh, China. Uh, ah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, uh, let them let them gestate, and then they ended the the, t the pregnancy like two days before they were due to be, you know, born, birthed, whatever. Because they don't think they ever really solved the the problem of how do the how do they get out of the male body when, right, once yeah. they're in the male alien body. style, I would yeah, imagine. Exactly. So they surgically remove the the uh, the embryos, the the now pups or whatever, and shockingly not a lot survived. So there there was survival, some of them did survive. The majority that survived were from the female side of the of the right. duo. Uh, the ones that were in the male, I think it was like 6% survived something maybe even low as low as 4%. Uh, they observed a lot of weird morphology. So a lot of weird physical characteristics in the male ones skin color was different size, there were some deformities, I believe, that kind of thing. Uh, but the conclusion that they come out of is like, hey, look, it's possible, we can do it, you know. And it's like, I, we talk about the human species, you know, like wanting to just do things for the sake of doing things. And it's like, I get that. 
this is one that we probably didn't need to do. There was probably not a big, not a big need for this one. And that was what the uproar. So was that their goal? Was that their goal from the outset? Their hypothesis was, can we do it? Can Mel's, can we do it? Yeah. That basically was there. In, so okay. I'll link to an article in the show notes uh, from The Scientist magazine. And there's a quote um, from the author of the study. Uh, and it said, okay, so the piece says, as a graduate student uh, at Naval Medical University in Shanghai, China, uh, Ronjia Zhang, read about prebiosis, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, joining two animals. Uh, and she began to wonder about the possibility of using this technique to provide a male rat with the hormones and other biomolecules associated with pregnancy, possibly allowing it to gestate a fetus. Now, this is a quote from Zhang. I had the idea of using a model of a heterosexual parabiotic pair consisting of a castrated male rat, I forgot to say that they castrated the male, and a female rat to study male mammalian pregnancy, but doubted the feasibility of this idea at first, as it had not been done before. I spent a lot of time thinking, reviewing the literature, doing preliminary experiments, repeatedly modifying my plan before finalizing the experiments with Professor so-and-so, an experienced obstetrix and gynecology doctor who supervised me the last six years. Basically, it was, I thought about it and thought, hey, maybe we could do it. So the... See, I'm in, in, well, I'm both interested and horrified at the same time as this set of experiments, but I'm, I'm intrigued. Why did they castrate the males? Because I would, I would have thought having... The male hormones would probably fuck up the pregnancy. But... Would it not also with those sex hormones there? Would those sex would that balance of sex hormones then not change? Maybe maybe that's the next experiment along the line. Who knows? Yeah. But either way, it doesn't sound like a like a like I said like a viable way for, <laughs> for males no, to, to me, yeah. get pregnant. I, and like I've said at the beginning, we have a way of of making babies. It works pretty damn well. You know, fifty yeah. percent of all mammals are you know well equipped to do it. We we don't need more. Yeah, okay. I, I see what you've done. What you've done is you've thrown back my argument of you know why don't humans just do stuff for the fun of doing it? I, I, you, you've you've thrown that back at me now. You're right. There are some things humans should not do just because we can, and this sounds it like, sounds one, of those like things. one of them. So this is so okay. To be fair, the authors uh, say that in doing this, um, you could uh, look at what are necessary components, like what's the bare minimum you need in order to be pregnant, that kind of thing. Or you could, uh, and that would help reproductive science, you know, you would gain some, some useful knowledge from that, or you could isolate, you know, like, what exactly it is from the female that the female is providing to the male that allows it to gestate the the child, you know, the, 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 the baby mouse or rat, whatever it was, um, fine. That's maybe, but this is where the controversy came from because a lot of the scientific community was like, well, A, we don't need this method to get to that. There's probably other ways you could answer some of these questions. And there's so many confounding factors when you sew two friggin' animals together 
that it's like, will you ever be able to really say what is what, like yeah, what is going what, on? Yeah. There's stress from the animals. There's like things you can't measure about, you know, interactions between their, their blood molecules. You had to castrate the males, you know, like all of these things that it's just like, what are we even really, you're introducing so much manipulation that it's like in order to get like sort of, you know, base level facts that could be applicable in nature or beyond or whatever, you're, it's, it's out the window. So that was the controversy. And then, like I said, there was a controversy online where people online started being like, oh, see, men, men can get pregnant. And one day, you know, we're going to, you know, men will be able to get pregnant. And isn't that great for, I don't know, trans people or something, you know, which, you know, I don't want to get into that whole debate because it's, you know, all people are people and we have no problem with people choosing to live whatever way they want to live, but especially if they're listeners, especially if they're listeners uh, and donating listeners, but even better, it just, it's, it's not, <laughs> there's no need for this. Yeah. <laughs> there's no need for this. And to think like, if you read that study and said, Ooh, my day is coming. One, one day <laughs> I'm going to get sewn to another person they're going to put a uterus in me and I'm going to grow a baby and they're going to pull it out of me right before it's meant to be, you know, fully cooked. Uh, its skin's going to be all weird and it's got a 6% survival rate and stuff. But gosh darn it, we're on our way. Yeah, you, you've got to say at that point, maybe you've got bigger issues. Yeah. I mean, if you want to sew yourself to yeah. someone just for the sake of sewing yourself to someone, I'm all for it. I think you should be allowed to do that. Well, and, and I think there are some countries where, for a small fee, you can do that. Probably. Yeah. Looking at you, um, Southeast you know, Asia. How, <laughs> how you do that, you know, with social distancing? You know, do you have to wear face masks? You know, do you, you know, have to wash your hands? How does that work? You know, if you have to self-isolate, do you? I presume you both have to self-isolate. But you know, these are all questions that would need to be answered. All questions. Of we, the, we don't need to delve of the into the new that normal moment, that we're going to live with. Exactly. You know, and what what if one of you is an anti-vaxxer and the other one's not? Ooh. Good question. Well, these are all questions you should probably have with your sew partner before you get sewn up. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, you you want to be asking the tough questions up front because once you're attached, yeah, it's a hell of it's a hell no, of a you know, you know stitch job to undo that. One hell of a divorce, <laughs> that is for sure. I'm taking half of everything, literally, and my uterus yeah. back. Thank you yeah, very yeah. much. Well, that's the thing is, you need a third uterus. You need a second uterus. Because the female is also pregnant, so the female keeps her uterus. So then you need a uterus donor for the male. Where's that? That's not something you can just find on street corner. I don't know. In some countries, maybe. Hold on. So yeah, hold on. That's a good point there. You're not taking the right, uterus so they, from the female that you're sewn to. That female also oh, exactly. has to be pregnant. So, so effectively, we're saying that for every male you want to get pregnant, we have to sacrifice a female. Seems. I see a massive flaw in this plan going forward. <laughs> if we're going to try and save civilization, we seem to be wiping out more people than we're actually bringing it seems into very it. Very inefficient. Yeah. Okay. Well, Flash, do you want us to recap where we've been today? It's been a journey. Uh, you've kind of left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Um, <laughs> no. So, um, well, we start with COVID. Um, As you do, and you know. As you do, and I, you know, I can speak from experience. It's not good. It pretty much sucks. Um, 
So whether you want to get vaccinated or not, people, I would urge you to, you know, take whatever precautions uh, are recommended, be that washing hands, wearing masks. I'm going to straight up urge you to get vaccinated if you're not vaccinated. It is the best thing well, you can do for not only yourself, but the rest of us. That's a fact. And as the other option, go for a vaccine as well. Ideally, one of the approved ones. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you're having to go to a backstreet clinic, then, you know, <laughs> if you, that as well. If the guy that's going to sew you up to your partner offers you a vaccine, I mean, you're already down the road, so, hey, why not? But I would say exactly. maybe get Take the whatever first. he's offering. Yeah, yeah, that's an important safety tip. <laughs> Thanks there, Flash. Um, the Billionaire Space Cowboys Club is here. So, you know, Flash and I differ on this slightly, but, you know, if there is a free trip going for us both, then we're up for it. I th I th can I speak for you on that yeah. one? Flash? Wow. Yeah. Unlike vaccines, I'm gonna I might wait and see how the the rockets play out. See 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 how many trips they do up and down before uh, I step. Hey, in. they can do two a day. I guess they haven't had any fatalities recently. At all. No, I think there was the... definite. There was Virgin had had a crash. Did they not? There were no fatalities. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Hey. You know, we deal with the facts. That's here, right. Flash, That's right. Facts. Um, and speaking of facts, if you want to get pregnant, be female. Right. It's your best option. You know, and I, I'm not, you know, yeah, I'm not saying that to discriminate against, you know, any trans listeners we have or anything like that. But ultimately, the, the best chance you have of being pregnant, and science now backs this up, that paper backs this up, being female increases your chances massively. Yeah. Um, and I think we should all do well to remember yeah, that. Yeah, and it increases the chances that the child will actually live. <laughs> exactly. If you want, if you want to get pregnant and you want the best chance of a successful pregnancy, be yeah, female. Yeah. I think that's what we're saying. I think we can get behind that as a let's, tagline. Let's even just to be even more sensitive with the language. <clears throat> be born with a uterus. Yeah, that yeah. is well. Yeah, yeah. You don't necessarily have to be female. Just be born with the uterus. Right. And female sex hormones and everything. Ovaries. So effectively, we are saying you need to be born female, but not exclusively female. So we are being inclusive. Right. So have we said enough there? I think my lawyer is looking at me. He's nodding. So I think we're okay. I think we've dodged that. We've done bullet. what we can. We've done okay. what we can. So, um, yeah. Um, Flash, as, as ever, it's always been great. And I always say this. And we, we shouldn't leave it so long next time. And then we leave it months. But, hey, you've done a great job keeping the show going and in fact in isolation i was like shit i should have gone back and i could have treated myself with some ivermectin and maybe i wouldn't have got COVID. but <laughs> i think you should listen to the show too listen to that episode and see what the conclusion there was oh i just sped through bits of it it was far too long i sped through bits of it i heard treatment covid ivermectin that was my takeaway <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so that's, right. that's i saved the listeners having to give it this. yeah um as ever, listeners, if you want to get in touch with the show, then we're on a host of uh, social media. So there's Instagram at Too Bad For You. We're on Twitter at Too Bad For You. You can get in touch with myself, uh, Britt Brad, on Twitter, which is at Bradley W. Hayes. Uh, Flash, if they want to stalk you in a cybery social media at way. At Van Paradon is, uh, is the handle to go to twitter instagram uh and just i would say go to the website of the show twobradforyou.wordpress.com it's all there there's an email address there's a voicemail box you can cuss us oh, out on voicemail yeah, yeah. if you want we'll play it on the show 
I'll play it. And pretty much, I would say, if you leave us a voicemail, you're all and it's clean. You're pretty much guaranteed almost to get played on yeah, the show, basically. really. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to play a bunch of racist stuff, but you know. No, well, we're not. We're not the UK government. Yeah. <laughs> hey yo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Bit of politics yeah, for people zinger. as well, hey? You. Yeah, you come to the uh, right show. Yeah, but no, that's uh, and you can subscribe, follow the show, your links to all the podcast platforms, all that stuff. Leave us a comment, and we have a donation page, so you can buy us a beer. Yeah, Woo. be great. Uh, that's it. That's all. Thanks, Brad. It's great to catch up with you. I and you said, and uh, I know the listeners are yeah, going to be glad to have you back. We won't leave us along next time. Well, I hope so. And if they're not tough, I'm, I've already come in your ears. So. <laughs> You had to get one in. You just had to get one in. No, two in. Yeah. Both is. <laughs> I come in stereo. <laughs> this show is in stereo, right? Yeah, isn't it? Uh, it is yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't even get me started on surround sound, because then I come yeah. all over. Thank you, Brad. You're welcome, my friend. Bye for now. <laughs> Until next time. this ward all by myself there's nobody else there so they come around giving my meds so in the middle of the night i hear they will this other guy in and i don't know what's wrong with him he's in a lot of pain at the end of the ward so i'm there about an hour just starting to nod off and they come around to check on this guy who is still in a lot of pain so uh i hear them say to the nurses like well we'll have to give him some pain med yeah okay well we get we'll give him such and such a tablet uh yeah we'll have to give it rectally and just hear this guy go <laughs> so the curtain comes round and you know I don't know what the size of the tablet was they were trying to put up this guy but it sounded pretty horrific <laughs> there yeah. were screams and moans and anyway they got this thing up there and uh, anyway next morning I wake up the doctors are coming around to do the rounds and they get to this guy and uh, I hear the doctors go oh, you know you, were you uh, more comfortable in the night sir and he's like oh yeah yeah and that did the medicine um, help? He's like, yeah, yeah. And then the doctor, you know, I, I saw the doctor do a double check of the chart and then he called the do- the nurse over. And he's like, why did you give this rectally? She went, well, that's the only way it can be administered. He went, no, no, it can very easily be given as an oral tablet. And just saw this guy look and look at the nurse and the nurse just went right red. It's like, you poor bastard. <laughs>